So today's reading is from James chapter 3, reading right through um, to James chapter 4, verses verse 17. So we start at verse 13 of James 3. Who is wise in understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbour bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have, because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive, because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favour to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves for the Lord, and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or a sister or judges them speaks against uh, or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, one who's able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbour? Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that disappears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. This is the word of the Lord. Good evening, everyone. Nice to be with you this evening. Um, welcome if you're joining us uh, online. Uh, if you're sitting in your garden right now with something cold, uh, celebrating England's win in the football, um, know that I'm repenting of the sin of jealousy right now, so um, enjoy that. Um, but for us here in this uh, uh, balmy uh, summer's evening, it's good to, good to be with you. Uh, as Monica said, we're going to carry on looking at the book of James this evening, um, which is obviously my favourite book of the Bible. Um, so let's, um, let's pray and we'll, uh, we'll get stuck in. Let's pray. Yeah, come Holy Spirit, would you reveal the truth and the treasures from your word this evening? Would we be open to all you are wanting to say to us tonight? And would you give us the ability to act on all that you are calling us to as a result? Amen. 
Well, my goodness me, what a, what a passage of Scripture uh, we've got before us. I don't know um, if you ever pay too much attention to the subheadings uh, in the chapters of your Bible, but they neatly point us tonight in the direction of three things. Three pretty big things, uh, but three things nonetheless. They are wisdom, submission, and humility. And in my Bible, the headings are two kinds of wisdom, submit yourselves to God, and boasting about tomorrow. And when I think of wisdom, uh, there's always one quote that comes to my mind. Uh, I don't know who said it first, uh, but it's this one. It says, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. And philosophy is wondering if that means ketchup is a smoothie. Um, I don't know which side of the fence you sit on on that one, but I'll uh, leave you to debate that uh, as you leave tonight. Um, but I believe that it's true that possessing loving and gracious wisdom and understanding, submitting our whole being and existence to God, and placing Him at the center of our lives are three answers to many of the big spiritual and relational questions that our nation and our world are wrestling with today. At a time when wisdom has come to mean living in your own truth, which may well be an entirely subjective one, submission to pretty much anything is seen as weakness and cowardice, and boasting in the materialistic and the temporary gains huge online following and attention. We as followers of Jesus have a responsibility and a calling to speak compassion and to bring light and hope wherever it's in short supply. And arguably, we've got our work cut out for us. Thankfully, though, James gives us some really helpful and practical advice as to how we might do that, all the while adopting this posture of humility before God. And so firstly, wisdom. True wisdom, godly wisdom, is measured by the depths of our character. Wisdom isn't selfish ambition or jealousy. It's not making yourself look or feel better at others' expense. You don't define it by what's around you. It comes from heaven. And James tells us we can see and we can hear this kind of wisdom. And we were talking about faith versus deeds a couple of weeks ago, and there's a reminder of that here. Just as you can identify a tree by the fruit that it produces... You can evaluate your wisdom by the way you behave, and that's something that those around you can see and experience. James says that where there's, where there's selfish ambition, you'll find disorder and conflict. But where there is careful speech and loving words, you'll find seeds of peace being sown. Matthew 5 verse 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And we're to be peacemakers in any and every circumstance. Wisdom is about using knowledge and experience and judgment to be peacemakers and reconcilers in our homes, our workplaces, our educational centers, and our relationships. And it's the kind of peace that's not just sincere, but it's submissive. It puts others first. Selfishness is inspired by the enemy, but selflessness is instilled by God. Boastfulness is, in the eyes of the world, how you make your voice heard and how you stand out from the crowd. 
But humility personified in Jesus Christ and wisdom from God in heaven is where true power lies. Because seeking God's wisdom delivers and releases us from the need to compare ourselves to other people. And it gives us God's perspective on our identity, our lives, and our relationships with others. And so, secondly, submission. We all fight the desires within us to do what we want and when we want to do it. Um, But let me just say right here that if the myth still exists that uh, Christianity is just there to suck the fun and the joy out of life, uh, then let's just resolve together uh, today to make sure that that disappears for good. Yes, it's true, we can all be a bit boring sometimes. Uh, some of us more than others. I mean, I, for example, I get quite excited when I iron one of my, you know, my special shirts and there's no creases in it. I get quite excited by that. Um, I know, it's a bit sad. Um, also, when I don't have to check uh, the little thing to tell me what bin day it is, and I just, just know, and I wheel the bin out with a smug look on my face <laughs> and watch all the neighbours twitch me behind the curtains. I know it's really sad. I know there's a few of you looking quite concerned. I'm okay. Um, but that's, that's nothing to do with me following Jesus That's just me being a bit boring. Um, You you know, a a life of faith in God is the most awe-inspiring privilege and adventure, and it's supposed to be fun. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, there's everything right with it. But our pleasure at the expense of others, or indulging our pleasure in ways that get in the way of us pleasing God, is not so okay. The cure for that is humility. And um, I love this quote from an American bishop uh, and the theologian Fulton J. Sheen. Uh, He says this. He says, Humility is dependence on God as pride is independence from him. The humble soul is always the thankful soul. You know, if we can adopt a posture of kneeling at the feet of our Saviour each day, we'll see that what the world has to offer pales in comparison to the riches of a life led with God at the controls. But how do we do this? Sounds great, but how do we do it? Well, James gives us five ways. Uh, So number one, uh, he says, submit to God. Commit your life to him. Commit each day to him if that, finds you, uh, if that helps you focus on him. Be willing to follow him, even if it might make you temporarily unpopular. Uh, Psalm 37 verse 5 reminds us and encourages us to commit our way to the Lord, and he will act on our behalf. Uh, so number two, uh, he says, resist Satan. Turn your back on temptation and embrace the truth of who you are in him. You are saved, you are redeemed, you are filled with the Holy Spirit for all the good works he's prepared for you to do. And that's from Ephesians 2. And maybe sometimes you feel tempted to give up or to give in to temptation. Well, the writer C.S. Lewis is in- encourages us here when he writes that Christ the only man who never yielded to temptation is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means. The only complete realist. If you feel like you're in a bit of a fight with temptation, bring it to God in prayer so that you might stand firm in the truth of who you are in order that your faith in him 
might flow out into all that you do. That's, that's one and two. Number three, uh, James says, purify yourself. Wash your hands, literally, although at the moment we're, we're thinking about spiritually. Um, and he says, purify your hearts. Ask God to grow in you a heart that is refinable and teachable and tender, full of humility and overflowing with compassion. And maybe every time you wash your hands, uh, make uh, Psalm 51, verse 10, your prayer. Uh, it says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And as always, there'll be people to pray with you afterwards if you'd like uh, God's help with that. So please do um, head to the back if you would like to. And if you're watching online, then please do reach out to us either in the comments or via email. We would love to pray with you and for you if you would like us to. Number four, uh, James says, own your mistakes. Grieve over the mistakes you've made and for the opportunities to reach out to others that you haven't taken. But don't beat yourself up. Don't linger at your own pity party because through the risen Lord Jesus, we are forgiven forever. Our mourning is turned into dancing, as Psalm 30 reminds us, and our gloom is turned into an eternal joy. We can be joyful because of what the Lord has done. And so lastly, number five, Stay humble. Stay on your knees. Humble yourself before God and he will lift you up. Your worth comes from God alone. And that means standing or kneeling in the triumph and the truth of his power, his guidance, not our own efforts or strength. We don't deserve his favor, but he reaches out to us with loving arms and he gives us worth, and he gives us dignity, and he gives us value. And so now finally, boasting about tomorrow, or rather, humility. James says, what's the point about bragging about a future that's independent of God? We have no idea what's going to happen. And that perhaps has been brought into particularly sharp focus in the days that we currently find ourselves. And you might be thinking at this point, well, you know, living for God today is hard enough, but thinking about bragging about tomorrow, well, that's a whole other story. Or equally, the idea of tomorrow might bring you fear and worry. We can, though, trust an uncertain future to a certain God. There's no point about boasting about plans you're making as though God doesn't exist because our future is in his hands and we can trust him with it because he's already walked it ahead of us. And so I'd encourage you tonight, place God at the center of your plans and your life. Allow God to mold and shape your life by holding your own plans loosely. And he will stay true to his promises and take care of you and prosper you. It starts with us and God, and it starts on our knees. And so, don't live for today. Live for God today and trust that he has 
your tomorrow. Amen.